Well, today we're wrapping up our series on teachers to pray. And, um, and, and uh, as you've heard in the video announcements, we'll continue to do our small groups. We had, we had a bunch of people here Wednesday. It's not too late, by the way. You could jump in, just show up, or just go online, and you could just jump in one of the groups. But uh, we're learning more about prayer stuff that I'm not teaching here. I'm doing in these short videos. And so uh, we'll continue that for the next two Wednesdays. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the persistence of prayer. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been talking about on the last few Sundays about how to uh, how Jesus taught his disciples to pray when they asked him to. And uh, he taught them to use the Lord's Prayer as a model, as a, uh, as a template. He taught them to use the Lord's Prayer not as a, as a ritual or to pray repetitious, uh, in, uh, like an incantation or something, but he taught them to pray it as a reminder uh, to, to what they should pray for. And he says in Luke 11, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted or has sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. So the Lord's Prayer is a reminder. And, uh, you know, the Jewish rabbis taught topically. And this prayer was meant to be topical. Like, it's a topical reminder. When you pray... And this has really helped a lot of people pray. And I'm, I, you know, the reason why we're doing a series on teachers to pray is, you know, remember the stat that only the average Christian only plays three to seven minutes a day, including prayer over their meals. And by the way, can I just pause for a moment? It's still in vogue to pray over your, thank God for your food. Right? How many of you like not to have food, right? But we should pray, right? And so the Lord's Prayer is the solution to helping anyone that is struggling to develop a strong, uh, Christ, or a strong prayer life. So I want to encourage you to use it. Just open, open your Bible right there to the passage of Scripture. And just, just pray through it. The Lord's Prayer is a solution to help anyone to just turbocharge their prayer life. I believe the stronger your prayer life, the, the stronger you're going to be, which means the more adversity you'll be able to overcome. The, the less easier it'll be for the enemy to knock you over. Amen? And come on, we're living in a day and an age. The Bible says in the last days, you know, there's going to be a great falling away. Come on, I don't want to fall away. What about you? Come on, we need to be strong in the Lord. We, we don't have time to, to play Christianity. We need to get serious about this thing. Amen? Come on, we need, we need the power of God flowing in our life so we can make it through the trials and tribulations of life. But how do we maintain a strong and a vibrant prayer life? It's one thing to start, but how do you continue? You know, it's one thing to pray, be prayerful and fervently pursue the Lord for 21 days. But what about for the rest of the year? And so, you know, uh, how do you maintain the kind of prayerful life that we should maintain to be a strong, faithful victorious Christian. Well, I believe Jesus helps us with the answer in the following verses in Luke 11. You know, in our Bible, many times we have chapter divisions, but sometimes the divisions they break weren't meant to be a division. And so, you know, notice the very thing, the very next thing Jesus teaches the disciples 
After he teaches them the Lord's Prayer in verse 5 of Luke 11, he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is the Lord trying to get across to us by telling us this story? And what is he trying to get across to the disciples in response to the question? Remember, unlike the man in the parable who didn't want to bother be bothered. I believe the Lord wants us to learn the importance of persistence in prayer. In verse 8, he says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I think Jesus is clearly trying to teach us the value of being persistent and consistent in our prayers. You know, I just read something recently. Uh, some medical journals, they did a survey of patients that are in, in like a cardiac hospital, a heart surgery kind of hospital. And they, they did a, a, a study on people that had heart problems that prayed and people that had heart problems that didn't pray. And, and they didn't tell them what they were doing. They just did a little survey to get some information. And they found out that people that prayed had a much higher success rate of surviving heart failure and all that than people that didn't pray. They were less likely to go on life support, less likely to have long-term problems. How many of you know there is power in prayer? Amen? What is persistence? It means sticking with something and not getting discouraged and giving up. And so one, on more than one occasion, Jesus taught his disciples that we should, we should understand the value and the importance of not just praying for 21 days, but to keep on praying. Amen. In Luke 18, 1, he said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. What is persistence in prayer? It's, it's praying until the answer comes. Amen. And so, you know, in Luke 18, one in the Living Bible, it says, one day Jesus told the disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. So Jesus encourages us to keep praying until something happens, until the answer comes. So if you want your prayers answered, you can't give up today. I mean, it's go eat, but don't give up on prayer. Amen? If you want your breakthrough, go eat, but don't give up on prayer. Amen? So if you want spiritual breakthroughs, persistence in prayer is necessary for spiritual breakthroughs to happen. So I think the problem is we often give up and we quit too soon. We pray and we say, God, I pray. You know, I, I remember, you know, I, I remember, you know, some people's persuasion is if you pray about something twice, then you're not in faith. Well, I, 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 I differ. I respectfully differ. Amen? And I'll tell you why in just a minute. If we give up and quit praying before we get the breakthrough, then maybe we're just not standing in faith in that way. Because we prayed about it once, it didn't happen, so maybe... So listen, how do you develop persistence in prayer? Let me just talk about it. Jesus gives us the answer to persistence 
to keys to persistence in prayer in the next verses following the parable. And so he says this in verse 9, And I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it is open. Now remember, this was the continuation of Jesus' answer to teach us to pray. And these verses immediately follow that parable about the importance of persistence. And so I think Jesus is giving us some keys to developing persistence in prayer. Does that make sense? And so, so I just want to share them with you real quick. The first key, I believe, is ask. A-S-K, ask. And this is the simplest and most basic arena of prayer. And he says in verse 9, And I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Now, ask means to be adamant. It means requesting assistance uh, in, a, in a, a, a desperate way. It means to crave, to desire as a beggar. It's the attitude of one lesser petitioning one greater, like a child asking a parent for something. That should give you a picture. When your child asks for something you don't answer, they ask some more, right? But this is the simplest and most basic form of prayer. And so Jesus wants us to ask him for everything in prayer, right? Remember Philippians 4, 6. And we are not to feel bad about asking because he invites us to. He said, he's the one that says, ask and you shall receive. So let's not forget that we live with unmet needs in our life because we don't persistently ask. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Now think about it. There's some things that we're going, we're, we're going through life without that maybe we need or we want that we're not experiencing because we're not asking God for it. And so listen, I believe that, um, that we need to begin asking God to meet all of our needs. It helps us to learn dependence on him. And he don't want us to just pray and at one time and then, and then he answers all our prayer. We're going to forget who he is. Right? So he, he says, listen, pray and ask. Now, what is it that you're lacking in your life right now because you haven't persisted? I mean, I've been guilty of this. I pray for something one time, two times, and it doesn't happen, and I just give up. But come on, are we serious about this thing? Come on, listen, when we want to learn something, how much persistence will we go through to learn something that we want to know about? Listen, some people never experience breakthroughs because they've given up on prayer. They've quit praying. They've given up too soon. Amen. Some people never experience uh, life change because they just don't persist. So listen, the motivation to ask and pray consistently is in his promise. He motivates us by saying this. I say to you, ask. And it shall be given to you. Does Jesus lie? Can he be, tr can he be found trustworthy? The Lord wants to answer our prayers. He wants to meet the deep needs in our life, but we got to persist. We can't give up. We, can, we can't get discouraged. We got to keep on praying. Amen. We got to be like that man knocking on the door of his friend's house. I know it's late, but I know you got some bread up in that house and I got a friend that needs to eat. You need to open that door and give me some food. Amen. Remember what Charles Spurgeon said? God never shuts his storehouse until you shut your mouth. What need have you quit asking God to meet in your life? I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. 
You know, there's stories of people that have not quit. That late, that sister I just told you about, for 40 years, she's been praying for something to happen. And it happened last year. I believe that's persistence, wouldn't you? I believe that's persistence. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 18, 1? They should always pray and never give up. What is persistence in prayer? It's keep praying until you get a breakthrough and then something happens. Amen. Come on, we got to be like a bulldog tenacity when it comes to prayer. Amen. Now, I think one of the reasons we don't persistently pray is because we don't have patience. In fact, our society helps us with that. Instant, instant food, instant coffee, instant, instant everything, instant, instant, instant. And if it's not instant, oh, I ain't got time for that. We give up too easily, saints. Amen? But come on, think about the 120 in the upper room. What if they would have quit praying before the, before the promise came? And I just think about, you know, man, what am I leaving on the table? Because I'm getting discouraged and quit, and I quit praying. So the first key to persistently praying Ask. And by the way, ask means to continually ask. If you do the Hebrew, the Greek study, if you do the, the, the grammar of that word, it doesn't mean to ask one time. It says ask and keep on asking and continually ask and ask and ask and ask until the door is open. Amen. The second key to developing persistence in prayer is seeking. God don't only want us to ask Him, He wants us to seek Him. In Luke 9, uh, or 11, 9, he says, I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Now, some people believe that it's a, it's a, a building of one another. If you ask and you don't receive, seek. You know, it's just continuation. But seek means to earnestly, earnestly go after something. It means to zealously go after something with all of one's heart, strength, and might. And so it's saying, listen, you need to ramp up your, your, your zeal. You need to ramp up your temperament. You need to ramp up your, 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 uh, your pursuit. Do you know that if you want to be successful in any, anything, come on, you got to break complacency and apathy and you got to develop some, some, some oomph. Amen. Come on. You got to have a little fire in your belly if you want to accomplish anything. Amen. And so you got to have fire in your belly when it comes to pursuing God. Seek means to zealously go after something with all of your heart, strength, and might. It's not just good enough to ask the Lord for something. We must also seek the Lord. See, if we're not careful, we'll get stuck in seeking the hand of God instead of the face of God. See, now listen, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek who? Him. See, the Lord wants us to mature in our prayer life from just seeking His hand to seeking Him personally. You know, listen, as children, you know, part of maturity is whenever you could grow up and you could take responsibility and it doesn't have to always be about you. Maturity is whenever you just don't concern yourself about you and you concern yourself about other people, right? Maturity in prayer is whenever you quit just only thinking about you and you just think about pursuing Him. Does that make sense? Seeking Him and not just His hand is a sign that you're maturing in your faith. 
See, some people, the only way they'll ever fast and pray is if they're in a crisis. I'm in a crisis. I need to be bailed out. Oh, yes, I'll seek and pray. But can we seek the Lord if we're not in a crisis? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. The question is, are we mature enough in our faith to seek the Lord if we're not in a pit, if we're not in a major crisis in our life? That's a sign of maturity. But now notice, he rewards those who diligently seek him. You know what diligently means? It means to crave, to search out. Psalm 119 and 2 says, Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Do you know there's a deeper blessing that comes to those who learn to persistently and diligently seek him, to seek his face instead of his hand? See, I believe that even, you know, selfishness, self-centeredness has even creeped in to the church. And people come to church and they say, what do you have for me? But how many of you know you need to come to church and say, God, what can I do for you? Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so we need to get, we need to come off that page and even in our pursuit of God and say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I want you, Lord. Come on. Do you realize where we would be if the Lord took his hand off our life and left us to ourselves? I know where I'd be. I'd be one of two places. I'd be in the grave dead or I'd be in LPCC or Angola, somewhere like that. Amen. Come on. I need the Lord. What about you? Come on. We need the Lord, right? And so we need to get beyond asking and we need to start seeking. Amen. Now, if we get this right, saints, Everything else will be okay in our lives. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, what God promises us, if we will make seeking him first and foremost in our life, everything else will be added. In other words, listen, I know what you need. He says, I know when the birds fall uh, fall out of the sky. I know when a hair falls off your head. I know what you need. If you just make me a priority, I'm going to take care of it. That's why we got to develop a habit of spending time with God. I know you don't have to read your Bible to go to heaven. I know you don't have to read your Bible to, uh, you don't have to pray to go to heaven. But listen, if you want a deeper level of blessing in your life, you got to sit at his feet and pursue him. Amen. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Amen. Now, have you, have you matured in your faith to the point that you, you put in effort to just seeking the Lord, seeking his face and not his hand? You see, you know, I don't like to go negative, but the reality, do you know it's a sin not to pursue God? That just got quiet. Really? Yeah, read the churches in Revelation. And he said, I got this one thing against you. You have left your first love. That's what I got against you. And so you see, saints, I don't pursue God, you know, for for the the breakthrough. I pursue God because I need to. I got to. Because if I don't pursue God, I'm in trouble. 
Come on, y'all, y'all feeling me out there? Are y'all tracking with me out there? Are y'all with me out there? Come on, we're pursuing God because we need God. Amen. Because if I don't pursue God, I'm going to chase some hobby. I'm going to chase some sin. I'm going to get in all kind of bondage and I'm going to get in all kind of trouble. I'll make an idol out of myself. I need to pursue God so my life will be healthy and be strong. Amen. Amen. So God not only wants us to, to ask him, he wants us to seek him. And it's to move beyond just asking historic, diligently seeking him. And that helps us to be persistent in prayer. The third key to developing persistent in prayer. By the way, asking is about his hand. Seeking is about his face. See there? He's okay with us asking for his hand, but don't forget about his face. Right? The third key to developing persistence in prayer is knocking. It's knocking. This is yet another level of prayer that is more aggressive in nature. In verse 9, he says, I say, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you find, knock, and it will be open to you. Now, I believe this has to do with the aggressive nature of spiritual warfare. The Lord wants us to enter the realm of spiritual warfare. You know, last Sunday after the second service, I was talking with a lady, and uh, she was visiting. Uh, she was, uh, it was her first time here. And she said something. She's been in church a long time. She told me she never heard anybody preach on spiritual warfare. Well, I think we need to hear about it. Because spiritually speaking, when Jesus says you need to knock, you knock on doors that are barricaded or locked and won't open. Amen? And Jesus illustrated the need for aggressive prayer when he prayed in his, or when he talked about in his parable to the friend that needed bread in, in the middle of the night. And he said in verse seven, and he will answer from within, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed and I cannot rise and give it to you. He's given this impression that it's locked up. The need is locked up. I truly believe that closed, locked, barricaded doors represent spiritual opposition and strongholds and bondages that don't want us to get the answer. 1 Corinthians 69 says a great door. Paul said a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. So I believe behind every door of blessing is the demonic adversary that is trying to keep the door shut, trying to keep us from receiving the blessing of the open door. Amen? Satan and his demon forces seek to block our prayers. And you see, that's one of the things we have to realize. Sometimes we misinterpret. We pray for something that didn't happen and we say, oh, God don't want me to have it. No! He said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. It's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Come on. You can blame God or you can blame the enemy. Come on. I believe that the God that we serve is a generous and a merciful God, and he wants to help us out. Amen. That's the God that I read about, that I, that the character of the God that we serve that are in the scripture. Amen. So then why do we need to keep persisting in prayer? We need to keep knocking until the doors are open. Amen. We need to keep persisting till we receive answers to our prayer. And remember, I talked about earlier about Daniel. He fasted and prayed 21 days. And, and, and the, the, finally, the angel Gabriel came and said, Daniel, I got the answer to your prayer. But listen, don't, don't, don't mistake what's happened here. From the very day that you started praying, the answer was being sent. But he said, I encountered opposition. I encountered resistance. 
The prince of Persia was withstanding me. And nobody was there to help me. I believe he's given us a clear picture that there's opposition. And I believe sometimes the enemy tries to block the door, keep us from receiving a breakthrough and answer to prayer, and then he whispers in our ear, you are not worthy of a breakthrough. God don't love you. God don't want you to have it. And we misinterpret the closed door. And he gets us to pin the blame on God when the blame belongs on him. Come on, are y'all with me out there? So listen, it's time to move beyond asking and seeking, and it's time to move to knocking. Amen. It's time to move to high-level spiritual warfare and start commanding the demonic principalities to let go, to release your finances, to release your family, to release your emotions, to release your health, your city, your state, and your nation. Amen. Amen. Some breakthroughs come only through high-level spiritual warfare. Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Knock means to aggressively and persistently. Per knock and persistent. It means to, hey, go away. It's late. My kids are asleep. I don't want to get up. Knock. Knock. I know you got bread in there. Open the door. I need some bread. And the friend says, I'll get up. Now, Jesus, how many of you know you can't twist God's arm? You can't manipulate him. You can't pray a thousand and one prayers and say the thousand and one prayer he's going to have. He's going to be forced to give it up. But no, it's about us. It's like, do we want this? Do we want to pursue God? Do we believe that God can and will answer our prayer? Come on, we got to knock and keep on knocking and not be so quick to give up and give in. Amen. Come on, if God doesn't answer your prayer, keep knocking on the door. Keep asking him for breakthrough. Come on, keep on, keep it on. It might take 40 years, but that door is going to open and you're going to receive the answer to your prayer. Amen. We got to be patient in prayer. Amen. Come on, how many of you know he listens, folks? Be encouraged. It's not time to give up. Now, you might be like me and you have prayers that you prayed and have been answered. Prayers that seem to be behind steel shut, locked doors, welded doors. But be encouraged today. It's not time to give up. It's time to keep on knocking. It's not time to give up. It's time to do high-level spiritual warfare. In the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10.3. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It may seem that God's withholding blessings, but listen. Don't be, don't, don't let the enemy deceive you. It's him that's trying to block the blessings. Amen. The fourth and final key to developing persistence in prayer is believing. The, we, the reason we pray is because we believe that God will answer prayer, right? Because Jesus said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open, right? Jesus said that. The reason we believe is because of who he is. The God that we serve. We believe that he is a good, good father. 
We believe that he is a good, good daddy. We believe that he is a good, good papa. That's the God we believe we're serving. Amen. Now the enemy will try to take it, tell you he's a mean, ugly, a moody, uh, stingy kind of God. But that's not the God we serve, right? And so after Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, he says, okay, and by the way, verse 11, following, asking, seeking, knocking. Now, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, the Spirit hadn't come yet, but Jesus is trying to encourage him to hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise. It's coming. I got to go first, but it's coming. Don't give up. See, we should all be motivated to pray and to keep praying and not to quit. To persistently pray and not get discouraged because we believe that we serve a good, good father that is not going to withhold good things from us, that wants to bless us, that wants to, to be a blessing to us, that wants to see our lives prosper. In fact, he said, listen, it's the thief that comes to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Come on, the world is trying to sell us a bill of goods that it has the best. The world does not have the best. The Lord has the best. Jesus has the best. Amen. Come on, the enemy has all the kingdoms of the world and he tries to lure us to believe and to follow that gospel. But Jesus says, I'm the good, good father. Come on, I'm the, I'm the papa. I'm the daddy that gave my best, gave my son to die on the cross, shed his blood so that your sins could be forgiven and so that you could have eternal life and not just have life over there on the other other side, but have life here on this side. Amen. Come on, the God that you serve, my friends, is a good, good father. Come on, y'all believe that this morning? Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Let's close. Let's close in prayer. Four keys to developing persistence in prayer. Ask and keep on asking. Don't give up. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. Believe. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open. If you ask, you're going you're gonna to have. Come on. That's his promise, right? Now just close your eyes with me for just a moment, please. And I just think about this, you know, and it's, you know, I could preach it up here, but it's just like, do I really believe that? That the Lord says, if you ask, you're going to receive. And if I ask, I would receive. Do I really believe that? Do I believe that my Father loves me and that He wants to bless me? Have I bought in somewhere along the way that my Father is not as good as as some people say He is, that He's really got some character flaws and, and He's got it out against me and He doesn't want me to prosper. He doesn't want me to succeed. He's trying to spoil all of my fun. He's trying to ruin my life. Maybe today we need to just, we just need to be, we just need to be rewired in our thinking about who our God that we serve. He says, come on, suppose one of your fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He won't give him a snake, will he? We serve a good father that wants to meet our needs. As you just close your eyes right there, not just, come on, 
Maybe you've been serving the Father from a distance because of your perception of who He is. Maybe you've been serving Him at a distance because you, you, you don't really fully trust that if you, if you really give Him your all, if you really serve Him, that maybe He's going to take you down the river or He's going he's to mess up your life. I want to encourage you today. The Lord loves you and He wants to help you. And maybe you're here today and, and you don't really know God as Papa, as Father. You, it's hard for you to identify. It's hard for you to, to, to address Him like that. Maybe that's too uncomfortable with you to just call Him Father God. I understand that. But maybe it's because you really just never genuinely surrendered your life over to Him. You've never really asked Him to forgive you and cleanse you of all your sins that you've ever committed. The Bible says that, that, that our sin makes, creates a barrier and keeps us from having the kind of relationship that the Lord wants us to have, where we feel confident, we feel secure that the God that we serve is with us and is going to help us. And you might be here today and, and the Lord's knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says in Revelations 3, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and we'll dine with him and he with me. The Lord wants to, he wants to come into your heart today. He wants to come into your life today. He wants to transform your life, but he's not going to beat your door down. He wants you to open the door of your heart and invite him in. So if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure that I'm a child of God, but I want to make sure before I leave here today, or maybe at one time you knew, but you've drifted away. You've gotten away and you're ready to come back. You're ready to surrender. You're ready to serve the Lord. If that's you today, and I want to pray for you. If you'll just identify that by just raising your hand and say, Todd, pray for me. I want, I want you to pray. Just raise your hand high so I can see it. And I want to pray. Just keep it up so I can see your hand. I see your hand right over here. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand right over here. Thank you for being so bold. Thank you for responding. I see your hand right over here. Come on. This is the day. This is the day right here, sir. Right here, ma'am. Listen, those of you that raise your hands, listen, just, just forget about everybody else in this room. It's just you and I. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about the King of glory. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, let me in. Let me in. I'm ready to come in and change your life. Are you ready? Are you ready today? Come on. Raise your hand again if you say, I'm ready. Come on, I'm ready. There you go. Thank you, sir. Come on, there you go. Come on, the enemy tries to hold you right where you are. But I'm just giving you a chance to just break free. Sir, do me a favor. Slip right out of the pew. Ma'am, sir, do me a favor. Those of you that have your hands raised, you just come right up here and meet me right here. Come on. I want to I pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I know this takes a lot of boldness. I know it takes a lot of courage. But listen, this is, this is the greatest decision you could ever make. Thank you so much. Look at this. Look at these young people. Come on, man. We're waiting for you. Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Y'all remember when you made this decision? You remember when you prayed this prayer? It's the best decision you could ever make. Just bow your heart with me in prayer and just say this with me. Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I've sinned against you. But Lord, I'm sorry for sinning against you. Lord, I want to be a Christian and I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Lord Jesus, I'm opening the door of my heart and I'm inviting you to come in. Come in, Lord, and take control over my life. 
and empower me by your spirit to live the Christian life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now you just stay right here for just a moment because we want to get your names and we want to give you a Bible if you need one. And we want to be praying for y'all, okay? Because listen, this is the greatest decision that you could ever make. Amen. What a blessing to see all these young people up here. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Now, come on, let's conclude. Y'all ready to go to the restaurant? Well, some people already left. They're like, I'm out of here, buddy. I'm hungry, man. Come on, how many of you, come on, how many of you have a need, maybe? Because you didn't see the breakthrough, but maybe, maybe you inspired a little bit. I need to keep praying. Come on, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, you know, by the way, my father-in-law is going to the doctor on Tuesday, and he might get released to do full weight rehab. So we're hoping for that. But listen, they prayed for my brother-in-law for 30 years. Is it 30, baby, or 40? 30 years they prayed for their son, my brother-in-law. He got radically saved, and he's in the ministry now. Amen. So don't give up. Come on, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Come on, let's believe God for breakthrough. Come on, it's not ending because it's the end of the 21-day fast. Come on, let's believe. Father, I pray with everyone that is here that the power of God, the grace of God, the touch of God, Lord, let the love of God just be released on each and every person here. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord that is over the people of God today. I pray in the strong name of Jesus and everybody that agrees, shout it and say it. Amen. If you need prayer, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. You're dismissed. You have a great day.